Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Welcome in on a Thursday morning. I'm Stephanie Hoff, filling in for Farm Director Pam Yankee. She's been on farm tour for the past couple of weeks. I hope you've been following along at the fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. She's got some really neat pictures posted there. The weekend is just around the corner. I can almost taste it. We just have to get through this excessive heat warning that goes on until 7 p.m. this evening, mostly in the southern half of Wisconsin. Ag meteorologist Stu Muck will be on with us in about 15 minutes with more details on today's temperatures, including the forecasted heat index. Spoiler alert, it's hot. Stay with us through the end of the hour because we've got Ryan Yachman from Everag on to talk about what's happening here locally and across the globe when it comes to dairy. New location, new vision, same goal. The Farm and Industry Short Course is producing high-quality graduates ready for success in the dairy industry. The oldest agriculture training program in Wisconsin has stood the test of time. The 16-week program returns for fall 2023 at UW-River Falls. Learn from world-class faculty, live in the residence halls, earn college credits, and create lifelong friendships. Register today at uwrf.edu. What BioVet does and where the livestock producer gets their benefit is our technology helps them with the things that they sometimes don't even know they're missing out on. Not just worrying about animals when they're sick, but trying to keep them as healthy and happy as possible as well. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. Lumber buyers overseas are seeking out Wisconsin lumber, and the state recently helped connect the dots between foreign markets and local lumber manufacturers. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. The Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection hosted an international trade tour this summer and brought buyers to nearly a dozen lumber businesses around Wisconsin. One of the stops along the way was Krieger Lumber Company from near Chilton. Vice President Larry Krieger says... The trade mission was successful in getting the word out about what Wisconsin has to offer, but it also highlighted some infrastructure challenges the state could address. He says he was amazed at how many different countries were a part of this trade mission. We had some buyers that were arranged by Wisconsin Department of Ag to visit us, um, and they were from a variety of countries. Um, Some were from Mexico, some were from Thailand, um, some were from Taiwan, It was a really interesting group. There was one gentleman from Pakistan, and they wanted to see some of our products firsthand and see if we could start doing some business with them. When they went through your facility, what was the reaction like on their faces? What were some of the questions they had? Well, they they like the uh, quality of our product, and they like uh, the the grainy look of um, of American hardwood, which is nice to see. Some Americans are kind of tired of the the grainy, some would consider almost old-fashioned looking. But overseas, that's a very popular look, and we're grateful for that. They like the uh, color and the hardness, 
and they like to see that it's a nice renewable uh, resource. Did there have to be a translator or anything like that? Uh, there was a translator, but most of them spoke pretty good English. Um, there was a couple that didn't, but the translator filled in that gap. Why Wisconsin, though? Why can't they? Why didn't they go to another state? What, what do we have to offer? Well, God bless Wisconsin, but about half of our state is wooded, and a lot of people don't realize that because they think we're all a bunch of cheeseheads, which a great many of us are, but we also have a huge forest resource, um, and that could use a little more recognition, and we produce a very high-quality hardwood product. Where does your product usually go to, to be used? Sure. We have uh, customers that use our hardwood uh, for making, say, flooring for gymnasiums or for houses. They can use a nice ash flooring or uh, oak flooring or a maple flooring. Um, and kitchen cabinets. Um, not everybody wants to paint their kitchen cabinets white or gray, despite what the magazines would say. Some people enjoy the natural beauty of hardwood, so they'll use hardwood in their kitchen. Uh, for the moldings around the bottom of the walls and up on the crown moldings, shipping pallets, a lot of the more sturdy, uh, heavy products need a, a good sturdy pallet made out of hardwood, so a lot of the uh, uh, heavier-duty pallets are made from hardwood. Uh, railroad ties, that's another big product that uh, needs a, a good quality hardwood. So a variety of markets uh, where Wisconsin hardwood can be used. But when we look overseas, you mentioned, you know, they're interested in Wisconsin hardwood because of its quality, the look of it. What's happening in those other countries where they can spend a little bit more on these higher quality products? A good deal of uh, overseas countries, in Asia in particular, uh, there is a huge middle class and it's growing all the time. Um, And and they're looking for something a little different. Uh, When they look at the Wood products from their area of the world, typically it's a rather plain, not very grainy-looking wood, um, and they don't want that. Human nature being what it is, people often want something a little different than what grows locally. So that they reach out to uh, Wisconsin and other states, and they say, we like the look of your grainy wood. Send us some, and we're going to make products out of it, and, and, and they do. Uh, so we export a fair amount of our lumber to the Vietnam and Asia. What were some of the biggest questions that you were fielding from your international guests? Transportation. Trans, uh, it's, we're a, a kind of a landlocked state here in the middle of the heartwood of, uh, heartland of, Wisconsin, of the United States. And how do we get the product from here in Wisconsin to overseas? And um, unfortunately, uh, there's not a real good rail network for exporting here in Wisconsin. We have some rail yards way in the northwest part of the state near not too far from Minneapolis but if you're in the more central or eastern part of the state you pretty much have to go down to Chicago so they're concerned about how we're going to get our product exported out of Wisconsin when we have to pay the cost of getting everything down to Chicago because there's no good stations here in Wisconsin so we're still working on trying to improve our, our rail system here in Wisconsin but we can still truck things down to Chicago. It just costs a little extra. That wasn't just a concern from potential buyers, but that's a concern that you have as part of the business. Oh, definitely. There used to be a lot more rail stations for uh, shipping options here in Wisconsin, um, but unfortunately they've got, gone uh, by the by wayside as the large railroads have other priorities other than the people in the industry of Wisconsin. So 
right now, if you want to do exporting in most of Wisconsin, you have to send a truck down to Chicago area and get one of those metal export boxes and bring it back up to your facility, load it, and then truck it back down to the Chicago area. That's wicked expensive. There's only certain trucking companies that can actually go into the rail yards. It's a limited supply situation. The cost is, oh, probably $1,000 more than a regular truck to go into the rail yards. And that's a huge burden for the people and for the industry of Wisconsin that I think we can fix. And I'd like to see our Department of Transportation and the good people of Wisconsin see about getting other options to decrease the costs of the people in industry of Wisconsin and get a better export and import rail situation for our state. What about other modes of transportation like barge? Is that common to, for the timber industry to utilize? No, not really. I know the barge uh, for the Mississippi is, is a, a big way to ship grain and things like that. But the river networks in Wisconsin are not meant for barge, for logging and that kind of thing. Back in the heyday, of course, they were, but not anymore. The Great Lakes are an option for doing some regional shipping, but nothing for export. The uh, locks in the uh, St. Louis Seaway are uh, too small for the large ocean-going ships that haul the containers overseas to go in and out. Now back to this trade mission, Larry, what did you learn? Did anything surprise you when these international people came through and you had conversations? I had never met a buyer, I don't think anyway, from Taiwan before. And they were very courteous and they were very interested in our product. There were some people from Mexico that wanted to uh, buy railroad ties for treating down in Mexico, which I didn't know they did that either. So we saw a 7-inch by 9-inch block of wood to make a railroad tie, and then for us, we ship them to a treating facility, uh, Stella Jones here in Wisconsin, and they put a, a preservative in them so you can use the railroad tie safely in the ground and it won't rot away real quick. Well, they must do a similar thing down in Mexico, and they wanted some railroad ties that aren't treated so they could treat them down in Mexico. Did any new partnerships or relationships come out of this, Larry? I am hoping to set up some new business relationships with these buyers. And, and my next trip to Asia, well, I wouldn't mind stopping in Taiwan to see what kind of facility they have over there. Larry Krieger, along with us, Vice President of Krieger Lumber Company near Chilton, Wisconsin. He was one of the stops along the way during a recent international trade mission. He thanks the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection for putting it together because he says Wisconsin has enough product that they welcome new export opportunities. And Larry says while it was a successful visit, it did highlight some shortcomings in the state's railroad system, which he wants the state to address. You can learn more about the state's lumber industry at MidwestFarmReport.com. Just search lumber. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The policy development process for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau benefits farmers because if you have an issue, you can bring that forward and it's a grassroots organization. You vote on it at your county, district, and then it eventually goes to the state level and policy could be developed on the issue that you have. WFBF.com Let's solve your issue. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. 
Your healthcare journey in a hospital system can give you the heebie-jeebies. From navigating the parking garage to sitting in the crowded waiting room worrying about the results and cost. MH Imaging in Middleton performs MRIs, CTs, X-rays, and ultrasounds for a fraction of the cost of a medical system. And parking is just a few steps away. Results are available the same day, providing you with answers you need to know now. Visit MHImaging.com. You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers. Like Blake, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs. Thanks, Blake. Schedule your appointment. Tom'sAutoCenter.com. We'll make sure you get five-star service. Tom's Auto Center. We're the getter, fix, getter, done to get you going, guys. Off Highway 51 in McFarland. A stone's throw from McDonald's. Some of America's bravest warriors are returning home wounded. Here's one of them. My name is Norberto Lara. While I was on a combat patrol, a rocket propelled grenade took my arm off at the shoulder. I was discharged from the Army, and I've been working with the Wounded Warrior Project since 2007. I don't have to be severely wounded. A lot of guys have post-traumatic stress disorder. Being able to share your story kind of helps you wrap your mind around what did happen over there. My name is Norby, and yes, I do suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, but I'm okay. Don't suffer in silence. Contact WoundedWarriorProject.org. If your conversations always start with the weather, welcome to the Midwest Farm Report. Yes, welcome. And you can also be a part of the weather conversation today. Use our talk text line. This is how you can talk to us. You listen to us all the time. Send us your field report, your weather report. Send us story ideas and just make sure you include your name and location. All right, Stu Muck, our egg meteorologist, is along with us this morning. Stu, I told you uh, that yesterday my jaw dropped because it was 81 degrees in my vehicle at in the early hours of the morning. Well, today I was surprised even further. 87 degrees is what my Jeep's temperature gauge told me at 2 this morning. When are we going back to normal? It starts to appear, at least today, I think we'll really notice it as we wrap up Friday and head into Saturday that it's going to cool off. The weekend looking tremendous. In fact, for a lot of us, we hold in the 70s, all across a little warmer, low 80s. But boy, that's a lot more like normal for this time of the year. That wavy frontal boundary still in Wisconsin. A hot day yesterday. Lacrosse setting a daytime record, 104 degrees. That was the temperature, not the the heat index. That was even hotter. Very, very hot air around yesterday. Well, that wavy front extending from southern Minnesota across southern Wisconsin over to lower Michigan, south of that boundary, still a hot day in store. In fact, the Lacrosse, Mauston, Fond du Lac line, there's a heat advisory north that includes Oshkosh. That goes till 7 tonight. And everywhere south, an excessive heat warning until 7 o'clock tonight. It's going to be that much hotter in southern Wisconsin yet today, where I expect those temps in the mid and upper 90s. And, of course, not quite that hot, just a little further north. But still, very hot summertime conditions around. That front continues to push slowly south and east. And a very weak, cool front will fall in behind it. And that very weak front is the reason we'll mention a very small rain chance quite late Friday or into Friday night. Very scattered showers or an isolated thunderstorm. And that kind of opens up the gate and then lets the cooler air in much more comfortable like we've talked about as we look towards Saturday and Sunday. Sunshine returns. The weekend sounds great. In terms of rainfall, we just can't call for much for late Friday or Friday night. 
you know, a tenth of an inch here or there. That may be about the most of it. Maybe a thunderstorm doing a little more, but overall not a big rain event, but it is a pretty big event as it's going to break up that hot air and begin to give us a break as we head on toward the weekend. Still hot today, I have no doubt. Maybe not quite as hot as yesterday, but we need to follow all the same precautions. Take it easy working, take frequent breaks, hydrate, 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 keep the animals and pets and everything else in mind, make sure they've got plenty of water, and a little shade goes a really long way when you're outdoors on the very hot days like yesterday, and again, like the day we'll see today. I'll have our forecast details right after this. Here's an idea. How about saying thank you with a Bavaria Sausage gift card? Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for Judy and the crew at Bavaria Sausage. Open Monday through Friday, 9 until 5, corner of Nevsbit Road, Fitchroder Road in Fitchburg. Online, open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, BavariaSausage.com. Seriously, stop and think about those people in your life that you'd just like to say thank you. Maybe it's a brand new neighbor you want to welcome them to Wisconsin. Maybe it's a caregiver. How about maybe that realtor that helped you get your new forever home or the movers that helped you get into the new forever home? You understand what I mean. And remember, with a Bavaria Sausage gift card, literally you can thank people across state lines around the world, and they'll all appreciate and enjoy that real, authentic German old world flavor that you're only going to find at Bavaria Sausage. So say thank you today with a Bavaria Sausage gift card, BavariaSausage.com. Whether it's finally getting that blue ribbon or enjoying too many carnival rides, we all have memories of the fair. Here's your chance to share those stories in our Everybody Has a Fair Story contest. The Midwest Farm Report is teaming up with the Wisconsin Association of Fairs as they celebrate 100 years of fairs to share the fair story. Entries are being accepted all summer long, and there are cash prizes. To enter and see full contest details, visit MidwestFarmReport.com. And speaking of fairs, there are 10 different community and county fairs happening this weekend across the state. And as we're hearing from our egg meteorologist, Stu Muck, it sounds like it's going to be a perfect weekend. It's going to turn out pretty well. Still a hot one today, of course, and there is that heat advisory. Lacrosse to Mauston, Fond du Lac, and including Oshkosh, the heat advisory till 7 p.m. tonight. To the south, the excessive heat warning until 7 p.m. It will be a lot hotter in southern Wisconsin. I'd probably say down around Highway 94 and south especially. Now, with all of that said, today I expect another sunny and hot day. In the south, we're talking mid-90s, maybe a little higher toward La Crosse. More likely some mid or lower 90s further north and east. Southwest winds gradually becoming northwest today, still about 5 to 15. Overnight, partly cloudy, some fog toward daybreak. Nighttime lows in the upper 60s. The northeast winds about 5 to 10. A little fog early Friday, a partly sunny day, and a slight rain chance toward later in the afternoon. Expect daytime highs up in the mid-80s, and I'd expect upper 80s at La Crosse. Winds out of the north about 5 to 10. That small chance of rain Friday night makes way for the start of the weekend. Mostly sunny on Saturday. A lot of mid-70s, cooler in eastern Wisconsin. Northeast winds at 5 to 15. Sunny skies, mid-70s or upper 70s on Sunday, Stephanie. Sounds much nicer indeed. Absolutely, except we're so used to this 100-degree heat index, we might be cold come the weekend. <laughs> oh, I bet we'll figure a way around that. 
Well, we certainly can't complain. Stu Muck along with us, our egg meteorologist. Stu, I, well, Pam will catch you back here tomorrow. I'll, I'll see you again on Monday morning. Thanks for coming All on right, with sounds us. sounds good. Stu Muck along with us. And yeah, as I said, if you're making your weekend plans, fair season is still on. Ten different community and county fairs happening around Wisconsin. You can find a fair near you at wifairs.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Does your knee pain keep getting worse? How about that pain in your shoulder or hip or back? Don't let them tell you steroids and surgery are your only option. Take my advice now and call QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics can make that pain go away with all-natural advanced regenerative medicine. They're helping people here every day with these amazing natural treatments that restore and repair damaged joint tissue. It's like turning back the clock. Regenerative medicine uses concentrated healing agents from your own body to stimulate that damaged tissue in your joints so they can work like they're supposed to. And there's zero downtime. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in this exciting medical breakthrough. Patients here are getting real lasting relief and are saying no to surgery and no to drugs. If you have pain due to injury or arthritis, this is a remarkable option that you need to check out. And the consultation is free. Call QC Kinetics now. 608-319-1750. 608-319-1750. Again, that's 608-319-1750. When severe weather hits and the power goes out, do you have a plan? For reliable power and peace of mind, propane can do that. It only takes about 10 seconds for a propane-powered generator to restore power to your home. So no matter what Mother Nature has in store, you know you're prepared. Learn more at WIPGA.org. This message is sponsored by your local propane provider and the Wisconsin Propane Education and Research Council. Everyone dreams of that one special day. I'm not talking about a wedding day, a push present, or a big anniversary. I'm talking about a special day made just for you. Maybe you paid off the mortgage, finished a marathon, left the dork who couldn't see you for the amazing person you are. It's different for everyone, but it's a day that needs celebrating with a custom piece to bring a Mona Lisa smile to your face. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. At Berkshire Automotive, we have a non-commissioned sales team, which is a polite way to say we don't really care whether you buy a practical Equinox, the rugged Silverado, or the speedy new Corvette. You've been told no before? Join the Berkshire Automotive family for the yes. At Berkshire Automotive, we teach our people to take no out of the vocabulary. Is no in your vocabulary? Uh, no. No isn't a thing at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family. You can't change the price of gas or groceries, but you can change the amount of your energy bill. Benjamin Plumbing is now a certified dealer of Renai tankless water heaters. The number one tankless water heater in North America. They're up to 40% more energy efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Save money with endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. 
Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. You're worth so much more. Have you ever had the choice to accumulate wealth or go into debt? Let's play Would You Rather. Would you rather have $190,000 in total compensation or be $29,000 in debt? That's the choice between paying for a bachelor's degree that might not even land you a job or an apprenticeship with Liuna that will lead to job security, a pension, stability, and a lifetime of great wages. You're worth so much more. Go to LiunaWisconsin.org join to learn how to accumulate wealth instead of debt. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural-looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Reggie Bush is going to be suing the NCAA, or is suing the NCAA. Uh, The ex-USC star has filed a defamation lawsuit uh, against the gigantic entity that is the NCAA. Uh, This was uh, uh, yesterday. Um, The lawsuit is based on the NCAA maliciously attacking his character through a completely false and highly offensive statement that was widely reported in the media and substantially and irreparably damaged his reputation. Uh, goes on to say that uh, although college athletes can now receive benefits from name, image, likeness, NIL, through activities like endorsement and appearances, NCAA rules still do not permit pay-for-play type arrangements. Uh, an NCAA spokesperson said in the statement, the NCAA infractions uh, process exists to promote fairness in college sports. The rules that govern fair player voted on, agreed, and expected to be upheld by all NCAA members. Uh, that was the response uh, from the NCAA to Reggie Bush's lawsuit. And now, Rowdy, uh, Reggie Bush, is uh, this all has to do with Bush's attempt to have his 2005 Heisman Trophy reinstated as it was forfeited in, what, 2010? After all of this uh, investigation into benefits and yada yada came to light, why can't they just give the guy the high? It's not like him driving around an SUV made him run the ball better. Yeah, I think at this point, it's it's kind of like steroids in baseball to me. It's like I, I believe Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and all those guys should be in the Hall of Fame, but they should have like their own specific steroid wing where it's like, we know there's an asterisk next to Barry Bonds' home run record because he he did hit that many, yeah, and he, he still, still had to hit the baseball, but he had a lot of extra power, and he had a lot of extra help. Yeah. Well, okay, like, let me ask you this. With, um, his, he, he should be in the Hall of Fame. He should have his Heisman. There'll just always be an asterisk next to Reggie Bush because he took money. But the other thing is, how many of the people that could have potentially won the Heisman that year? Because, obviously, great players win the Heisman. How many of those other great players were getting paid on the side yeah, the or had get money deals that didn't get caught or it didn't come to light because they actually weren't Reggie look Bush at, in the highs? Look at Johnny Manziel. He was talking about in his documentary about how he, his friend and him made up the story about him having oil money as a family. That way they could hide money from the autographs they were selling. You know what's hilarious? Like, what, what's, what's the difference? So I was telling you off air that I had just watched that within the last week. And when they said we made up this fake money saying he came from oil money, I remember 
hearing, oh, well, Johnny Manziel comes from oil money, and everyone said he was already well off. Yeah, I, I, remember, I remember that, that too. too. And now that you watch the documentary roughly 10 years later, and it was all fake and they made it up, but everyone believed yeah. it because one person said it, and they're like, oh, that they makes ran sense. With it. He is from Texas. And he seemed like that douchey kind of kid that would come from a, a, money, a family of money where he would like, my dad's going to sue you if you beat me up. Like one of those things. Like I totally thought he was from oil money. Hey. It worked. It worked it for worked. him. It clearly worked. I mean, uh, how can Reggie, Bu- Reggie Bush accepted cash, uh, travel expenses, and a home in the San Diego area uh, where Bush's parents live rent-free for more than a year, uh, which they provided also $10,000 worth of furniture? Well, what did, about, did that make him run the ball better? What about no. LeBron James when he was in high school and all of a sudden his you know single mother, where remember, and LeBron will have you remember this, that he did stay in the in in a car when he was like before he was 12. Yeah. Like he did live in a car for a second. Right. He'll 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 remind you. What? Remember when his mom was driving an Escalade and he was like they were driving Escalade? It's like where did you think that came so, so from? So is Reggie Bush just the guy that has to fall on the sword despite everyone else around him? Well, like, technically LeBron never went to college well, so that's he didn't true. have but you well, get he was Johnny Manziel. Right there. I'm from oil money. Well, there's hawking autographs. <laughs> yeah. Like as he should be able to. That's the thing, though. Dude, could you imagine how much you think about guys that didn't have great NFL careers and some people would have said didn't profile at all to the NFL, but could have made a ton of money in college for their name, image, likeness. First two that come to mind, Johnny Manziel, Tim Tebow. Yeah. Like two of two of the greatest college football quarterbacks, arguably of all time. I bet you could go right down the list. These guys have to be in your top 10. Like they would have made so much money in college because all the people that were buying their stuff, like you got to see a little bit into that in that untold Johnny Manziel documentary, how much money he was making. If he would have played college football for four years and just cashed in strictly on that, the guy probably never even needed to play NFL for all the money. He could have just literally lived off his college NIL. You got, uh, by the way, for NIL, I just saw a Wisconsin band member just got an NIL deal with Quick Trip. I'll have to get the details on that. I mean, everyone's getting NIL money. You could come... Look at that, uh, Mabry Matoyer, the quarterback coming in for the Badgers next year, aka God's Little Boy. That's his Instagram handle. He's already playing with the Packers at a at the at the celebrity softball game. For all of you that had your first date riding around the field in a tractor cab, this is the Midwest Farm Report. Good morning and welcome back. I'm Stephanie Hoff. Happy to be along with you on a Thursday morning. The latest crop progress report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture says Wisconsin hay condition has rated about 50% good to excellent across the state. The third cutting of alfalfa is about 90% done. The fourth cutting is about 30% finished. And today in the Old Farmer's Almanac, we're going to talk about hay fever. I'm fortunate to not have these types of reactions to what's happening around me, whether it be pollen dust or animal dander but for those of you who do the farmer's almanac offers some at-home remedies no promises that they work but you can certainly give them a try the first is to drink stinging nettle tea to relieve symptoms i wonder how that feels on the palate the second is to eat pineapple they say that there's an anti-inflammatory property to pineapple and another that dairy farmers may second eat yogurt Really any food that has live cultures or is rich in omega-3 may remedy your hay fever, according to the old Farmer's Almanac for August 24th. 
In other news, as we approach the new crop corn harvest, stored corn supply from last year gets tighter, and farmers may be holding on to it until they see the right price. This is the environment that ethanol producers are navigating through as they work to keep their plants stocked with corn. Howard Bopard is the grain merchandiser with Marquis Energy. He's based out of Nasita. He tells me that demand is strong for not just ethanol, but the byproducts that come along with it, like corn oil and dried distiller's grains. But battling today's market volatility is challenging as we approach a new corn crop. A lot of things that are affecting corn prices today, um, you know, the, the, the usual factors, um, weather, you know, primarily um, you know, this year we've had extremely um, dry early season, you know, and so there's a lot of corn, a lot of corn that was definitely damaged on, on its um, potential early on. Um, we've gotten some rains more recently, but that causes a lot of hesitation on the farmer to sell because he thinks that you know the price should be higher because his crop is um, is, is not not as good. Um, a lot of that is we look back to how it was last year, and last year you know Wisconsin had had a, an exceptional crop. Um, as a corn buyer here, that we live off of last year's crop, so there is the corn out there, but the prices have been dropping. You know now we're in that uh, five sixty to five seventy range. You know, we were a uh, dollar higher. We're, we're um, I think the, the highest we were here, our closing bid was um, it, towards in June, June 22nd, and we were like uh, 683. You know, so things were quite a bit higher. And uh, now that they're lower, there's a little bit of disbelief on, on why they're, they're a dollar lower than, than our highs. But as we go to harvest, prices are lower because the new supply comes on. You feel good about the corn that's in storage and the availability of corn. But is there ever a window where you guys get short or have to lower your production capacity because maybe you've used up all the supply and you're just waiting for that new crop? We never have uh, slowed our production of ethanol here um, because of shortage of corn. We always just have to pay more for that corn. And so that's what the, the basis does in the market, um, the basis, you know, the price difference between the futures and, and the cash. And, and we just have to keep our levels high to make sure that the corn, amount of corn, the right amount of corn that we need comes here to the plant. And if it has to come from far distances, that's what that, that extra high value that we pay does, just makes the draw uh, from further away uh, more attractive. How do you feel about the crop that's in the ground now? Does condition make you nervous as a corn buyer when it comes to like, is it going to be a short crop this year? How does quality yeah. look, et cetera? So there is definitely concerns uh, with next year's crop. Wisconsin as a whole, you know, this last week we came out, uh, USDA came out at 55% good to excellent rating. That is, you know, definitely um, worse than last year. Locally, you know, in this area, just if you took, say, a 20-mile radius of Nasita, um, it does not look exceptionally well. I mean, it, it's the average guess is, you know, two-thirds to three-quarters of normal. Um, we, we will have a crop. It's just that it's a much smaller crop. And, and a lot of uh, its grain elevators or producers may not fill up their grain bins because it's not what we normally would expect. As you go north, things are a little better. And then our far northern reaches are almost like a normal crop. So that's a good thing for us and our, for future corn supply. But still, um, as you get, say, further south, closer to this area, more central Wisconsin, as you look on the the drought index map, you can see the, the, the driest spots are, are pretty much like southwest Wisconsin. And so that's the areas that were hurt the most. And as people know, the, the corn crop is more affected by rain in that um, you know May, June, July stretch where 
where soybeans are better. You know, they're 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 more suited for an August uh, weather event. So, so most of the damage has been done to the corn crop, and we do have some concerns. You know, for next year's supply, it won't be as good as last year. Well, now I want to shift the conversation to ethanol demand. So we think of summer as road trip season, people filling up their fuel tanks with E15, which was approved for summer use. How has it looked on your end of things? Yes, demand. I mean, demand's been um, pretty static and, and it's been good. Um, one thing that we look at, or uh, I, I do personally, is the that spread difference between um, ethanol price and, and unleaded gasoline price. That spread today is exceptionally wide. It's it's really like, uh, today it's like seventy cents ethanol is seventy cents cheaper than unleaded gasoline. Uh, that's good for the ethanol industry and good for for ethanol demand because that that promotes more um, discretionary blending. It promotes it makes the uh, the price of like unleaded eighty eight, which is fifteen percent ethanol, uh, more reasonable. It's a good thing um, because it, it allows the producer to get a a, a cleaner fuel, uh, higher octane and at a cheaper value. So it's a really win all around. And then the best part about it too for, for us and in Wisconsin agriculture is that it's a locally grown product. I don't want to think about the weather getting colder, but as we get into the fall yeah. and, and the colder months, what's your ethanol demand outlook or projections? Yeah. So, I mean, typically you're right with the, the summer driving season, you know, we do see more demand for overall gasoline consumption. It does decline to some degree. And so with that, you know, margins in ethanol business usually decline as well. But to make up some of that degree, uh, the, the the new crop price is lower as well. So um, markets have a way of balancing things out. The concerns would just like for more regionally would be like Wisconsin has to pay more for because our, our crop is, is in poor condition. Um, we'll have to pull crops from further away, which raises our cost. So it may not be as a good margin environment next year as, as this year. But things move forward, and, and we will. Uh, I say we're not going to slow down production for any uh, any means. We traditionally we have not. Um, the only time we have, notably, was of course COVID, when uh, driving was extremely you know extremely impacted, and and so was gasoline demand. Howard Bopart along with us, the grain merchandiser with Marquis Energy, based out of Nacito, Wisconsin. As he said, he's not as excited about the new crop corn coming this fall because he's sure that the quantity won't come close to last year. Meanwhile, ethanol demand stays strong, and so does demand for its byproducts, such as corn oil and dried distiller's grains. Now let's take a look at our grain markets on a Thursday morning. From Chicago, cash corn is trading down 2.5 cents at 4.73 and 3 quarters. December new crop corn is also trading down 2.5 cents at 4.88. Cash soybeans are up seven and a quarter cents at thirteen sixty six and three quarters. November new crop beans are trading up eight cents at thirteen sixty eight and a half. And if we look at September wheat, that is down a penny and a quarter at six eleven and a quarter. Farmers know how much their cows eat, how much milk their cows produce, when it gets sick, and so much more. But how does a cow compare to an animal you'd find at the zoo? Maybe an elephant. We know a cow's diet consists mainly of grain mixed with hay, corn silage, and other feeds to create a total mixed ration. But what is the diet of an elephant? Erin Dogwillow is the elephant care coordinator for the Milwaukee County Zoo. She gives us some details. 
Our elephants here at the zoo um, get their diet based off of their weights. So every elephant's diet is slightly different. But one of our elephants, Belle, who weighs 8,300 pounds, she's on a weight loss diet right now. So she gets 100 pounds of like a mixed grass hay every day four pounds of elephant pellet, which is probably comparable to a grain that like only cows get. Um, It's the grain that only elephants get. And then she gets about four to five pounds of fruits and vegetables in a day. Who would have thought? Fruits and vegetables, also the weight loss secret for elephants. That's Erin Dogwillow with the Milwaukee County Zoo. Taking a look at our dairy markets from Chicago, the September Class 3 milk contract is up seven cents, trading at 18.46 a hundredweight. October milk down 11 cents at 17.75. Stick around, we've got Ryan Yankman from Everegg coming up next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. What BioVet does and where the livestock producer gets their benefit is our technology helps them with the things that they sometimes don't even know they're missing out on. Not just worrying about animals when they're sick, but trying to keep them as healthy and happy as possible as well. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support. That's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. Create the floors you love this season with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the Wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. You know when you've really made it? When you finally have your own place and you can decorate it the way you want. Your Aunt Betty used to sleep on that old couch. It's time to turn drab into fab with lazy luxury from Lazy Boy Furnishings and Decor. That chair, it belonged to the dog. Time to start styling. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. Bringing home the bacon, literally. This is the Midwest Farm Report. I'm Stephanie Hoff, back along with you, wrapping up a Thursday morning with our man of the hour, Ryan Yonkman. He's vice president of Everegg, coming to us from their Chicago offices. And Ryan, we know the weather is a primary factor in all things agriculture. We're all talking about the heat, both here locally and across other areas of the central United States. How is the heat wave been impacting prices that dairy farmers see at the farm gate yeah and good morning thanks for having me along here um you know he's been a bit of an issue here really over the last eight weeks if you consider 
the entire U.S., uh, where a month ago it was a much bigger focus out west, whereas now this wave we're talking about is much more central in this northern Midwest territory. So we're talking our you know, Michigan, Wisconsin, Indiana, eastern Kansas-type friends, uh, and just pulling some dairies here in the last few days, getting a lot of uh, four to five-plus pounds off per cow for the time being. Uh, and we've got to remember this is coming off a situation where milk production released this week already showcased total U.S. milk down a half a percent, uh, which was considered to be a fairly friendly report in most eyes. I know we were forecasting about negative 0.2 percent, so beat expectations just a bit there, um, with a lot of the milk continuing to come out of the western side of the United States. Um, so to see some heat here in the Midwest is actually the one region where you can make the case there's still a little bit of milk floating around. Uh, and ironically, this is where this heat wave is hitting now. Now, Ryan, ahead of the show, you gave me some pretty notable statistics. So, yes, uh, U.S. milk supply down, but it's being countered right now by slower exports. And what you told me, a 10-year low in prices on the world market? Yeah, so this is definitely a uh, tale of two tells right now. You know, typically you see U.S. you know domestic milk production down half a percent. Uh, we're getting ready to go into busy season. You know, between now and and really October is kind of prime time for U.S. Schools are back in session. The holidays start stacking up. Milk gets tight. You draw down inventories. Everyone kind of knows that song and dance. But we're mapping it to your point against an international market that is showcasing almost the exact opposite. Uh, European milk production is still up about 1%. Uh, the Kiwis in New Zealand are down a little bit, but they're getting ready to flush here in the next couple months. Um, and that has led to some price action showcasing fairly weak demand, which we can see via the GDT. We've got whole milk powder, uh, the lead auction item off GDT, the big ticket item uh, for Chinese imports, um, down at the lowest levels we've seen since 2016. Um, so, albeit some fundamentally supportive things happening domestically, uh, this international market is just not giving us that extra look to where everybody can get their horns shined up and feel good about a bull run. Uh, we really see quite the opposite. We see quite a bit of risk hinging off the weakness of these international markets. So, Ryan, are the fingers pointed then at China to step up to the table? You know, there's probably a few different places you could point, but I'd say that is that is the most obvious place to look right now. They are our biggest swing player, if you will, in regards to, hey, they're our biggest importer. Um, so when they're here, it matters. And when they're gone, guess what? It matters. Um, so, yeah, that would be a fantastic thing. You know, all things anecdotally don't point to, hey, we, we can feel with any confidence that's going to happen soon. Uh, their milk production is, is at an all-time high. Uh, there's implications. Their inventory levels are high. Um, and clearly their buying patterns are showcasing um, similar attributes uh, to that. So, yes, at some point we'd like to think they're going to have to come back in a major way. But when you dig through the data, at least published out of there, and look at the price points, it doesn't showcase they need to be coming to the world market anytime soon. Uh, but it's China, so we know anything can happen uh, when we're talking about uh, that region. Now, is it demand that's down, or are we just not as an affordable option compared to other milk-producing countries? Yeah, exactly. So so over there, right, we're talking about weaker demand, and 
uh, the supply that's closer to them, right? We can we can citate, uh, you know, we can look at the Europeans, look at New Zealand. Uh, they are trading uh, discount to us. We we are uh, kind of on a pedestal right now when it comes to prices, in particular uh, to cheese and butter. Um, on a powder front, we're pretty close, but even there, uh, we're running a premium. Uh, so when we look at these U.S. prices, to your point, if we want to get back in the export game, and we know at some point that is something we have to do, uh, we are trading a, a call it a five to ten cent premium on cheese. We're trading about a seventy cent premium on butter. When you look at you know fat compared here versus there, and on a skim milk powder or on a non-fat equivalent, uh, we're running about two to four cents premium there. Um, Look, this is the one time a year if you had to bet the U.S. can dance to its own beat. It's now, right, our busy season, and we have a tight domestic situation. But it is those international factors, again, that, that greet um, really risk and some nerves for us going forward as uh, they're trading at prices that are not going to allow us to be export-friendly from these levels. So, Ryan, I want to shift the conversation to fluid milk. We saw September Class 3 milk contracts reach up near $19 a hundredweight. What's been supporting this upward trend, and is this going to continue into the October and November futures? Yeah, so kind of like we were just talking, this this move here has a ton to do with where we just came from a couple months ago. Um so this story we're having right now, we're hey, we're we're premium to the world, we're missing exports. This exact thing played out uh, basically last March. Uh, the globe went down, we went up, we missed exports. We then spent the next three months making lows for the year. Right? We were talking dollar thirty cheese. We were talking twelve to thirteen dollar milk, fourteen dollar milk. That happened uh, when we went to those prices. We actually got below world prices. We got exports off. So here, 60, 90 days ago, we were able to accomplish exports, which was able to tighten up uh, U.S., and at the same time, our milk production has been on a steady decline. So you had a demand event, you took milk production out, schools come back online. There's your story for how we got back to $19, right, sprinkling some heat. Cow slaughter's been running at a five-year high for about the last two months, um, right? There continues to be dispersals. The beef market being strong continues to give dairies a very good outlet. And I'm going to have to leave it at there. Ryan Yankman along with us, Vice President of Everag, joining us this morning. You can find them at EVER.AG. Farm Director Pam Yankee will be back with you tomorrow morning.